tonight. Wonderful to be in God's house with you, and most especially with the good gift of God in the midst. Thank you, Jesus. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Very last verse. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. You have heard it said, 
or quoted of Shakespeare, to be or not to be, that is the question. Well, for us, it's to overcome or to be overcome, that is the question. God bless you. You may be seated. Far better to be allowed by the grace of God. I had a man come to the office, he and his wife, after church this morning, asked me if he could talk with me, and uh, I told him, of course, and so they came in, and he asked me some very pointed and intelligent biblical questions, of which we were happy to give him the apostolic answer, the right answer, the rightly divided word of truth answer, and the answer that Jesus gave to the disciples and the apostles, and how that they gave it to the church, and the church has taken it out evangelizing the whole known world reaching everywhere and so after going over a lot of things that are basic to us then he asked me well what does it mean then you hear a lot of people quote and say about uh, by grace you saved through faith that not of yourselves it is the gift of God and so I begin to explain that to him begin to explain that you can't get to Acts 2.38. You can't get to the real salvation of God except it would be for God's grace. It's the fact that God allows us, that He's even mindful of us, and that He so loved this world that He provided that flesh. The Spirit provided the flesh that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. The fact that you could be loved while you were yet a sinner, and that's grace. The fact that God would look upon you and be mindful of you who are nobody on this planet running around like a bunch of, well, I want to say ants, but then the answer of people, I'm not too sure sometimes if we are, but uh, we kind of act sometimes not too people-like. But the point is that the, the Lord looked down upon us. He looked down from the heavens to the earth just as Jesus looked uh, upon a woman who was taken in sin, problem there, thrown at his feet, and they were going to use her to try to trap Jesus. And, of course, Jesus took care of the situation with truth. And he began to tell them and her that if the first one among you that was without sin, then you cast the stone. Everybody decided to call a taxi and leave right about then, except for the woman. She was left there in her misery and her humiliation. There was no doubt that she had done it wrong and said it wrong and been involved wrong. And yet Jesus asked her, where are those thine accusers? And she said, there's no one here but thee and me, Lord. And that's what it's always going to boil down to, you and the Lord. Uh, the pastor can only do so much. I can give an account for you, and I pray that I can give it with joy. I pray that I don't have to come to God and talk to him about you and wonder why you're doing that and doing this and doing the other and resisting or whatever. Uh, that I don't have to come with a, uh, a negative report to God and one that uh, makes me toss and turn or feel grief and pain. Uh, I want to be able to come to God and be so happy about your presence in His work and in His church and that your heart is right and that you're zealous about the Lord and that you want to grow in grace and knowledge and be a part of God's work. I want to be able to tell God that His Spirit working in your life, that you're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost and that you are going forward and being taught and trained and disciplined in the things of God and that your, your motivation is to win the lost and stand with the leadership and hold up hands and supply support 
and do what needs to be done that we might have victory, that we might have victory because we do have an enemy. There are spirits, and spirits do evil affect people's minds and get them to do or inspire them to do things that are incorrect. And those things go on throughout the earth. And the enemy certainly does as a dragon with his claw. He does have this world in his grip. But God has a church, and as was stated tonight, it's a beautiful church. The holiness is beautiful. The work of God is beautiful. And the worship is so beautiful. And how beautiful are the feet of them that bring this gospel of glad tidings. We don't have something sad to bring to people. We have something glad. We have something that puts a smile on people's face. We have something that will make you leap for joy and rejoice. And again, I say unto you, the writer said, rejoice. I'm so glad to have the gift of the Holy Ghost, to have the truth that when I was still a sinner, when I was lost and undone, that he looked down upon me even as he did that woman. And he said, well, I don't accuse you either. But he did tell her to go and sin no more. And I'm glad in sending us out to sin no more. He gave us what we need to overcome sin, to overcome evil. He gave to us the best. He gave us the gift of the Holy Ghost. He baptized us with the Holy Ghost and fire, purging away sin and the dross of the enemy and the filth of this life. How great it is to be in the church. Give him a big hand. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Everybody said, praise the Lord. You know, Jesus rec recognized the uh, difficulties that would come against the church. He even said, if they do this to me, they'll certainly do it to you. So there's going to be situations that come up. There's going to be things that are going to take place. But uh, in the midst of it all, here's what Jesus said. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. Not outside of him, but in him. You got to be in the church, and you can't play hokey pokey, one foot in, one foot out. You got to get in this thing with all of your heart. You've got to leave everything else out of this. You got to put it on the outside, repent of it, put it under your feet by the grace of God, and tell yourself, this is it. I'm a lifer. I'm in the church. I'm an eternal lifer, not just for this world, but the world to come. I'm baptized in his name, filled with his Holy Spirit, and I'm shaking off everything that would try to weight me down. I'm running a race here, and I'm going to run it by the grace of God with patience. I'm going to know that this isn't going to take place overnight, that this is a long distance race, and I must lay aside every way. There's some things I got to say is no good for me or the pastor says is no good for you. You got to lay aside those weights so that you can run and run the race with vigor and with impressiveness before God that you're getting the job done. Amen. You get all weighted down, the enemy's going to catch up to you. Amen. And Everybody said praise the Lord. These things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. He said, in the world you shall have tribulation. Now, there's going to be trying times. There's going to be difficulties. It's not always going to be the wind to your back. 
You're going to find yourself bid to get on the boat, the church, and heading over to the other side in the overall analysis, or even if you take it on a, on a more local situation. You're going to find yourself in the journey here. And in, on the way, here came the storm. There is going to be tribulation. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be the enemy come up in thy face or kick up a swirling whole bunch of things until the Bible said that the waves begin to over, over, go over the sides of the boat and begin to pound at them and they begin to worry and they begin to cry and they begin to call on him and he's trying to get a little catnap in the back and get that flesh rested up a little bit. He had to contend with that. He had to deal with that. No doubt he had a lot of sleep deprivation that he was deprived of sleep. In other words, he had been giving himself so much to the work of God and here he is now awakened by them and of course he took care of the situation. Doesn't he always rise up and take care of the situation? Doesn't he always come to the rescue of his church? Isn't he always looking at us? We are the apple of his eye. Amen. And so no wonder in him we'll have peace. He spoke to the storm and said peace. Amen. He took care of the boisterous waves and winds, so much so that they marveled at his power and his authority and what all God can do. And when he took care of everything, they marveled that even the very elements were subject unto him. You have only to realize just what God can do. And, and very often we are not, unfortunately, given that insight at the moment always as to what he is doing. Years ago, I remember Brother Kennedy preaching and saying that God is doing things in places you can't see. He's doing things you can't see in places you don't know about. And I know my God is working 24-7 around the clock. He never slumbers. He never sleeps. He's watching for us. He's caring for us. And, and he's looking at your motivation. What is it you want to do? Well, what we want to do is reach the lost and the dying. What we want to do is get a beautiful breakthrough in a place called Lake Placid. And we want to raise up the next one and go to another town and put somebody there and then another one and another one. There should be no end to this. We should just keep on going and keep on going until Jesus Christ takes the church out of here. Amen. He said, in the world you shall have tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer. Wipe that smile back on your face. Get that spring in your heel. He said, I have overcome the world. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome with good. We have the good God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We have his good word to instruct us by his good spirit. We have so much good available to us that it, matter of fact, it outweighs the evil. For the Bible tells you in 1 John 4 and 4 that greater is he that is within you than he that is within the world. Where sin doth abound, well, then the grace of God doth much more abound. So we've got what it takes here, folks. There was three-thirds make a hole, and when the enemy 
took one-third and got himself kicked it right, kicked right out of heaven. He could have blamed God, but he did it to himself. He rose up against God. He went against God, and so he had to take a, a lightning-like trip from heaven to earth, and I promise you it was a bumpy trip, and he wasn't feeling too good when he hit planet earth, but he was so sore and mad and upset that he spent all these centuries and eons going to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. He's miserable, and he wants everybody else to be miserable. In the meantime, we got one-third gone. That leaves two-thirds. We are in the majority, I tell you. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome the evil with good. You've got the Word of God. You've got the Holy Ghost. You've got every promise in the Word of God. We've got everything that God has placed at our disposal. Amen. And amen. And amen. Lord bless you. So good to just to be in the church. Just to have the beautiful truth. Turning to Romans once again, Romans chapter 3, verse 4. Notice how it starts out, and you can place this spiritually now in your mind. What advantage then hath the Jew? Or what profit is there of circumcision or of the covenant? Much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God, to be able to have the word of the Lord in your mouth, to be able to have the voice of God, to be able to have the power of God, all of the things that have been placed at our disposal. And these things were placed in the hands of the Jewish in the Old Testament under the law. But you better understand something. The law ran its course, and the time had come when it was written that a greater has come upon the scene. And I'm standing right in the midst of you. So quit looking to old things. Quit digging up old arguments. Quit trying to get, uh, get the hatchet out of the grave that you buried it in. Get Don't Dig up the sin in your life or anybody else's life. Get yourself on top of this thing and tell yourself we've rolled into the New Testament and a greater light is shining. A greater one is here. It's founded upon greater promises. Everything is better. Everything is better. We're looking for a better resurrection. Come on now. You've got so much going for you. And with God being for us, who can be against us and be successful? In the final analysis, Jesus said, I have overcome that. Amen. So when the question was, well, what's the good? That's when he said, much every way. Much every way. Chiefly, he said, because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. For what if some did not believe? Well, that's always going to be. Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? I hardly think so. Listen to what he said. God forbid. He said, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. In that day, you're going to be happy that you've overcome and that you're among the group that are called the overcomers, that you have so many promises beyond this realm and this world, that what we're involved in is not fly by night. Don't treat it like it's just for a little while. Tell yourself, when I got in this, I'm in this. I'm not in this for just a little while, just for a short season, that this is my life. This means everything to me. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Everybody said, hallelujah. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. 1 John chapter 2, verse 13. 
reads like this. That I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. Everybody said, praise the Lord. I have written unto you, verse 14, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. And he went on to say, love not the world, okay, neither the things that are in the world. I don't love their music. Okay? You're in the Holy Ghost, and you better tell yourself there's some things you are not to love. You don't take God's love and invest it into those things. You reinvest it into the things of God. You keep plowing it back into your life, into your experience. And that's anybody in business that's successful. They learn to take some, a percentage of the profits, and they plow it back into the business to make that business stronger and more stable. And I'm telling you what, somebody's asked me one time what I'm going to do about this and what I'm going to do about that, and I'm telling you my life is hid in God. There will be no inheritance for any failed kids because it's all in the church. And anybody that believes anything different, they got it all mixed up. Everything is in the church. Everything is in the body. Let's plow it back into the work of God. Amen. Amen. Let's do the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. You want to overcome the wicked one. And you can. And that's what he was saying. He was speaking to them in a most positive way. Things that we don't want to be a part of. We don't want the immodesty of the world. We don't want the language of the world. We do not want their whole scheme and way of doing things. The prince and the power of the air has this world mesmerized, has them all wrapped up in the wrong things and chasing the worldly things. You and I, we want to follow hard after God. We want to help, ask God to help us to get this flesh under subjection to deal with it to where we, we get ourselves like an athlete and we start training and we discipline ourselves <clears throat> to where we say, I'm not going to let myself go right or left. God forbid backwards, but we're going to press toward the mark for the prize, for the high calling of God that is in the church, in Christ Jesus, in other words. <clears throat> Amen. Now Luke, Luke 11, Luke 11, verse 22. You're going to have to understand, as Jesus said, there's going to be some negatives here. There's going to be some things that are going to come against you, things that you need to be aware of, things that you need to be taught to you and preached to you and put you on the alert, make you hopefully to be wise. Uh, unto things of the enemy and what he's going to try to do. Luke 11 and 22. He said, But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divideth his spoils. The enemy would like to break through in your life. You know, we want to break through and win lots of souls and see them pray through, but the enemy wants to break through too. 
He wants, he wants to find some little crack, some little crevice. He found it in Judas, didn't he? And he felt like he had it all then. And what did Judas get out of it? 30 pieces of silver and a super guilty conscience to the point to where he couldn't even live with himself. Gave the money back and went and hanged himself, and that wasn't enough. Satan took him from there and thrust him down until his whole bowels just gushed out on the pavement. You better understand something here. You, can, you might get what you think you want and only wind up miserable and in this life and most especially in the world to come. Why not choose the good over the evil? Why not choose what God has? Don't let the enemy somehow paint that a dark picture and give you depression when God's telling you to rejoice. He's telling you when it goes tough for you to leap for joy and be exceedingly glad for great, great, great is this reward in heaven. Be happy and glad because many before you have gone through difficulties. Women had their sons sawn in sunder. Many different things, dens and caves and places that they had to live because of circumstances. And what they did, they stayed with the truth. They would not let the enemy break through. They would not let him get into their mind, into their heart, into their spirit. They stood on chapter and verse. Jesus certainly gave us a tremendous example of that. Every time Satan came to tempt him, Jesus said, it is written. And he said, it is written. And it is written. And it's that good chapter and verse that you stay with that word of God. You stay with that subject matter. You weigh your spirit out with the subject matter because God is certainly going to weigh the spirits here. And he's going to see where the scales come out. Come on, church family. You don't want to let the enemy get a breakthrough in your life. You don't want to let him find a way in somehow and begin to erode all the good that God has done and begin to place doubt and fear and unbelief and begin to use your own selfish motives that you want this and you want that you got to tell yourself, I want God. I want what God wants. I want to see the work accomplished. I want to see young men and young women grow up in God. I'm willing to sacrifice and do without. And my children might grow up to live for God. You've got children that you need to think about. And you've got to make yourself an example of good to overcome the evil. Amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Second Peter. Chapter 2, 2 Peter chapter 2, and verse 19, reads like this. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. The question is, to be an overcomer or to be overcome. The choice is yours. Everything is at your disposal. A woman at his feet, definitely in the wrong. And they were ready to stone her. And they wanted to see what, what the master would say. And he gave them an answer that they never anticipated. And I'm going to tell you, God sure knows how to come right in there and take care of business. And uh, his wisdom far exceeds the enemy and all the minds of this world and while it is written that the children of this world are wiser in their generation than the children of light let us remember that God is wiser than all and I'm glad that we can appeal to our God we can look in his direction 
when we hit the block wall, when we're not sure, when we're upset, when the storm has beset us and we're surrounded, uh, what did it say? Uh, you find yourself just surrounded by the, shall I say, the bulls of Bashan or the beasts of Ephesus, then, and there seems tribulation is everywhere, then there is a God that you can call on. He's going to be there for you. He's going to help you. He's going to see you through. He's going to speak to the elements. He's going to speak to spirits. He's going to take care of business and he knows exactly what he's doing and when to do it. If he has to call you forth out of a place of death, he can do that too. There's nothing too hard for my God. Amen. You know, I remember going to what we call a staycation. We don't go too far away in case anything Pops up, we know we can be here within an hour and a half, shall we say. And uh, so we were about an hour and a half away on the West Coast, and we had just got the bags out of the car, and I got a phone call. And uh, I hope nobody minds me telling and putting name to it this time. But uh, I got a call from Sister Mace, and her daughter was in the hospital. And we threw the bags back in the car. Never even got them in the front door of the vacation house. Threw them right in the car, jumped in raced back and you know you could feel like you know why now God you know we really needed a break and everybody was geared for it and tried to time this and time that and whatever but you know when you, when you have this good in your life when you have the Holy Ghost in your life when you have the call on your heart then you respond to that because you want to overcome the evil and something evil had taken place and there was a, a sickness unto death and you know, God gave us a miracle. We walked in that hospital, and we saw that child laying there. Obviously a grown woman, but still a child. And we saw that all the machines and all the wires and everything indicating that death. And I tell you, death was in that room. And, uh, but you know, prayer, and God be glorified that he raised that youngin' up, and that youngin' still alive today. A walking miracle. I want to tell you, you know what? I'll take the miracle over the staycation any day. I will take the good over the evil any day. We will take the things of God any day. God provides. God knows what's best. God sees the big picture. God's looking at you. What are you willing to push back from? What are you? What weight are you willing to lay aside so that you might run this race and run it in a manner that men and women, boys and girls, can be inspired, can see somebody that's really trying to do the job, that's really trying to get it done, somebody that says, forget the vacation. Let's get on with the work and the business of God, that that is my vacation. I tell you, for the first 25 years of marriage, my vacation was to go to my pastor and preach the word of God all around the place. That was vacation. I want to be involved in the church. I want to be involved in the work of God. I want to win souls. I want to cast out the devil, get rid of the evil, and bring on the good. Let us overcome the evil. Everybody said praise the Lord. But you notice that the writer said here in verse 19, when they promise themselves, when they promise them liberty, that's what the devil does. He promises liberty. It's going to be so great. Oh, you're going to be so happy. And he can bring a very false feeling of elation and freedom 
He can do that. He can mimic that. He can imitate that. He is a, a counterfeiter, if you please. And so these spirits, he said, when they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. So the devil is telling you, you're going to get out of jail when he himself is in jail. That's, that's a basic way of saying it. Okay? All right. He said, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome of the same is he brought in bondage. That's all the enemy wants to do. He wants to overcome you, that he might put you in handcuffs, that he might put you in a mess, that he might tie up your life, that you no longer are free from alcohol. You no longer are free from drugs. He wants to drag you through the mud and laugh all the way. He wants to destroy every good thing in your life. He does not want to see you living for God. He doesn't want you praying. He doesn't want you reading this book. He doesn't want you in obedience. He doesn't want you in subjection. He doesn't want you with thus saith the Lord reverberating in your heart over and over again. That good chapter and verse. Oh no, he's scared of that. That's what he wants to get you away from. That's why he tried to get Jesus to pervert what was being done there. Oh well, if you know, you could just cast your yourself down because remember it's written that if you dash your you won't even dash your foot against a stone because the angels have been given charge over thee come on now if you're who you say you are just go ahead and jump and don't you think spirits just come all in the course jump 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 that's why you have suicide spirits and people committing suicide and Jesus took care of that real quick like thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God I don't have to prove to you by some commercialism that I am who I am. God will take care of confirming things. And God will come on the scene when we've gone our limit. Where we leave off, God takes over. When we reach the limit of our ability and our strength and our every good thing that's in Him, He will take over from there. Everybody said praise the Lord. Don't be overcome of evil. Don't find yourself heading into bondage. You can be seated. The uh, was recently freshly told this is not really a new thing, but because it just happened, you know how that is. And uh, this young lady has been raised in the church and uh, beautiful, godly look about her and attitude about her and uh, but she got married and after a while I don't know all the details about the guy she married but they were in the church at least it appeared that they were living for God and the, the young man began to drift away and he's, it began to show in his life the things that he began to involve himself with and the places he wanted her to go with him and the pressure that he brought to bear upon her. And she went to the leadership and she asked them, what should I do? And they said, don't fight with him. Just be firm. You don't have to be ugly. Just be firm. Stand up for what you know is right and be firm about it. Don't give in. You don't want to go to those places. You don't want to get involved with all the things that you could bring in your home and start looking at. You don't want to do that. Keep that out and keep it out of your mind. Just be firm. No, I don't want to do that. If you're going to do that, okay, that's your choice, and I'll pray for you, but I 
don't want to go in that direction. I do not want to do that. Well, the young lady, evidently it proved out that there was something that the enemy, as I said, he found that little place. And he got in there, and that young lady now it looks nothing like she did when she was in the church. All those years, all that training. And when she went, brother, she went. And, of course, they found them a neighboring church where they could come in. I often wonder how that individual feels that took them in and watched this young lady just begin to lose everything godly in her life. And to where, when you see her now, you would never know that she had ever been in the church if you didn't know her. If you saw her on the street, you would just think of her as somebody I need to witness to. Here's somebody that's lost and doesn't know the truth, never realizing that you were talking to somebody that had years upon years of training from the earliest age. Oh, my friend, do not all become overcome of evil when the enemy wants to come in and steal your armor. He wants to steal all the good things out of your life. He wants to overcome the good in your life. He wants you to let down on the good to where he can find a way in here and the waves can start coming over the boat. And you better find yourself making an appeal to the Almighty God to help me because something's getting in here that I don't want and it's hurting me. It's pulling me back. I'm telling you, it's a world wide situation the enemy is doing his thing worldwide universally i'm going to turn your attention to revelation chapter 11 in closing revelation chapter 11 and this is verse 7 please don't get shocked here too badly and when they shall have finished their testimony now this is dealing with your your two witnesses okay two powerful ministries and when they shall have finished their testimony the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit now if you could be aware of where some things are coming from you know you would say whoa no 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 but see you've got to be able to discern you've got to be listening you've got to be obedient you've got to be submissive so when it is pointed out to you that this is no good this is coming from the bottomless pit this is pure garbage this is going to destroy you and overcome you when they shall have, when these two witnesses shall have finished their testimony the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them you better know the enemy is coming to make war he's going to make you think that he's coming peaceable and he's so lovable and everything's going to be so great. Come on, Eve. It's so good to look upon. Come on now. Just take a little peek, a little gander. It'll be all right, just a little bit. And she opened one little eye. Yeah. It's pretty good to look upon, isn't it? The first news you know, she disobeyed God. Okay? All right. So, going to make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. Now, right then, you could stop and you could say, my goodness, these, these were the servants of the Lord and they were overcome and they were killed. You could stop there. The enemy would love you to stop there. It's, it's like I told the man at the radio station when I got done preaching this morning. He had his Bible open. I wish he'd had it open to Acts 2.38 and he sure heard it, but uh, he was reading Job. He told me he was trying to understand it and I said, well, read the back of the book and then you'll get a real good understanding. 
I said, because he was the richest man in the East to begin with, and when he lost everything, he didn't lose God. And when you get to the back of the book, you find out that God gave him more than he had at the beginning. Let me tell you, I like the way that the good works. When you overcome with good, you wind up with more in the final analysis than you have in the beginning. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. But I'm going to tell you, not with the enemy. The enemy wants to take it and, and take you further back than you were, how bad and nasty and confused and mixed up you were, and you come to God. If he can get back in your life and destroy your armor and overcome you, then he's going to take you back further than where you were when you came in. The last state is going to be worse than the first. Not going to be better, going to be worse. Oh, let's overcome evil. Let's, let's overcome it with good. What do you say? Everybody said praise the Lord. I'm going to finish up here. 13 and 7 of the book of Revelation. I guess I should have told you that uh, the Spirit of God raised those two witnesses up. And then, and then everybody really got scared. But you know, it's, it's, it's sad that God can do a thing and, and some people will get fearful for, like Pharaoh for just a short little season. And then the next thing you know, they're back harder than before. And they're fighting worse than before. And they're, they're just stomping over everything that's good and right. And here you have uh, Revelation chapter 13 and verse 7. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. Oh, man. And power was given him over all kindreds, tongues, or languages, and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. Once again, you could just bail out there and run away, woe is me, and we're going to get overcome, and, and that's going to be the end of it. But I'm telling you, you better read the back of the book. You better stay with this thing, and you better stay with God. And in the difficulty, on the boat, haven't seen the sun, haven't seen the moon, haven't seen the stars. What's my sept my little sextant going to do for me now? I can't figure out the course. Don't know where we're going here. It's a mess. Oh, my goodness, all is lost. We're in trouble here. Well, you could give in to panic. You could give in to everybody saying everything and listening to all of that and find yourself in a big confusion. But the Bible teaches that the Apostle Paul went into a little place of prayer and began to talk to a great big God. And when he come out of there, he said, I believe God, gentlemen, and there's not going to be one thing wrong here. It's all going to turn out right, and you just stay with the boat. Quit trying to go over the side. Quit trying to do that. Cut off those ropes. Cut off any way of escape. Tell yourself, I'm staying with God. I'm staying with the church. I'm staying with the program. I'm going to overcome evil and not be overcome of it. I will continue with God. Amen. And amen. And amen. And I don't have a time now to give you all of Revelation. But you trust me when I tell you that it's going to turn out just right. In Revelation 17 and 4, these have made war with the Lamb. And the Lamb overcame them. So I left you with the church going through it. But I, I leave you now with the Lamb Jesus overcoming that same one that was making war. God is going to take care 
of that spirit that has come to bring war. He's going to take care of that. And everybody said, praise the Lord. And everybody said, hallelujah. They used to sing a song. We ought to learn it. That's not a rebuke. I'm just saying it's a good song. Uh, it's called, Who's on the Lord's Side? I want to be on the side of the Lord. I want to be checking my spirit, my attitude, my chapter and verse, my motives. I want to be on the Lord's side. Who's on the Lord's side? There were those that stood up against Moses, and basically a line was drawn, and those that were with Moses, they, they lived to tell the story. And those that weren't, the ground opened up, and they were swallowed up. And you know when God swallowed up Korah and all of his family and those that were connected with him, the people ran away. They were so fearful and so scared when they saw what God did. And then it wasn't too much longer, just a little bit longer. That old spirit came back like a flood, and they began to get hard again. And after seeing what they saw, they came back and began to get after Moses again. And God said, Step aside, Moses, and I'll consume them in a moment. And what did Moses do? Go get them, God. Go get them. No, 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 no. <laughs> Moses said, oh, God, don't do that. Hey, God, I'll tell you what. Let me tell you. Hey, give me a minute here, God. You know, the Bible said he talked to God, as, and God talked to him as a man talking to a man. And he said, listen, God. He said, you know, the Egyptians, they're going to make a lot of fun of you, and they're going to say that you weren't strong enough to take care of your people. Oh, and he just started giving God psychology left and right and pleading with God. I started laughing. I said, man, Moses, you got some cheek, man. You're just putting it right out there. And uh, the Jewish would call that chitzpah. And, boy, he had some nerve just stepping up there. But he was interceding for the people. He didn't want them to be lost. And at some point, church family, we've got to care for the people, for the sheep, the sheep of his pasture and his flock that we don't want people going the wrong way. We don't want people to be lost. We don't want people to be led astray. We don't want people to be, to be going away, if you please, from Moses and what God has set in order here. And you know that all of a sudden Moses is talking and all of a sudden he said, Aaron, get the censer. Put fire in the censer. He said, the plague's already started. Head out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, while he was talking to God, thinking he was getting somewhere, God was saying, Already started, pal. It's already headed out there. Oh, boy. I'm going to tell you what. And I believe over 14,000 were slain in that plague. Something of that nature. It's right in your Bible. Everybody said amen. amen. I may not have it right. Sister Bible, do I have it right? Is it 14,000 in some? I think it's 14,5 or 14,7. Oh, man. What a mess. That must have not been on the quizzing question. Sorry. Amen. Leave it to me to give you one of those. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. Come on. You want to get on God's side, the side of good. And you want to make sure you stay on that side. And you want to tell the Lord, I want what you've got. And I want to have the things that are right. And I want to live for you. And I want to go forward. And I want to do the work of the Lord. I want to be an overcomer. I do not want to be overcome. I want to get the equation right. I want the balance to be right. I want the good to be up here. And the evil to be down here. And when that enemy comes in like a flood. I want to watch my God raise that flag up on the pole. And say oh, God said get out of the way. I'm declaring war. I'm going right after it now. Amen and amen. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. Let's love the Lord. He is so good and so great. Let's win the lost. Let's build churches. Let's do the work of God. Let's raise up our sons and our daughters to be used of God. 
city after city. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You are. Times I stand alone. Seems that way. When I reach from my holy arm. That's right. The whole arm. Pick up my shield of faith. Yeah. I march out on the battlefield. Come on. Take up my sword and say, the mountain is high, but it's not. Come on, let's gather round. The battle all the men here, all the ladies here. Stop. 